Well, hello, everybody. Um, we got game one in the books for the PNTT. A lot of good games. So they were all part of uh, groups. So um, group play. So usually it's the one seed against the four seed. But we got some rivalry games in there, some stuff like that. So it should be fun to see how uh, it all played out. So we'll start out with the top. We'll start off the slaughter group. Let's look at that Rochester-Ann Arbor game. And this game was really interesting. I mean, Rochester just dominated them, you know? And when I say dominated, um, I mean that uh, Brandon Pratt just dominated Anthony Baker. I have never seen a performance like Anthony's Baker's. One for 18, 0 from 3, did not make the free throw line, one total rebound, eight assists, zero steals, a block, zero turnovers. Um, so he did have eight assists and zero turnovers, but he had two points on 18 shots. And basically, he single-handedly torpedoed Ann Arbor to a loss. Uh, a lot of that had to do with Brandon Pratt. Pratt went 17 for 13 for 40 points, five rebounds and assists, three turnovers. Um, but <clears throat> the defense that he played um, was pivotal and... A 14-point win for Rochester. Austin Rodriguez did have a pretty good game. Um, so did Alexis Norton, but obviously that's not enough when you're a star player. I've never seen. That might have been one of the worst performances I've ever seen by Anthony Baker. Uh, we were kind of texting about it, and I was like, maybe Anthony Baker has a little bit of Baker Mayfield syndrome in, it, syndrome in him, where it's like, man, he was great his rookie year, but after that, he just looks horrible. Um, so let's... Let's hope for his case and Ann Arbor's case that that's not the case. But, you know, um, once that narrative gets out there and it's in the player's head, uh, it's hard to come back from that. So we'll see how mentally tough he is as he prepares for um, the next game, the next game against uh, the, the next game against San Antonio. So uh, and let's look at that game. We got San Antonio versus uh Lubbock. So, and this is kind of a fun one, you know. Um, San Antonio is part of a region, uh, Conference 24. Uh, Lubbock's part of Conference 25. So, borders, they face off each other. I guess they don't. Do they face off each other in recruiting? Um, they do not. So, my bad on that one. And San Antonio came out with a 12-point win. Um, shooting 52% from the field, four, 36 from three, 93.8, 15 for 16 from the three-point three, three point line. Very balanced. Grant Cathy, 7 for 18, three rebounds, two assists, one steal. Did follow up, but hey. Uh, I like Christian Brown there, 7 for 11, 17 points, so that's nice. Uh, on the Lubbock side, they... They didn't get the performance they needed from Joseph Moore, who went six for 19. Um, that's going to really hurt you guys. And, uh, yeah, you look at this game and, you know, pretty close. But uh, really early, um, San Antonio came out, scored quite a few points, got up by around 10. But um, uh, Lovett cut it back to – and even took the lead in the second half a few times. Uh, but once the fourth quarter came – uh, San Antonio, uh, Lovett kind of ran out of gas, um, and San Antonio had a couple big buckets, um, and it was close. They'd go back and forth, but Christian Brown and Hinkson hit some big shots down the stretch to kind of stretch out the lead, and uh, Lovett really struggled to score down the stretch. Um, and if you look at Lovick, Lovick's an interesting team. Um, last year they were, uh, 40th. They made the NTT as a 12 seed and made the sweet 16, which is pretty nice. And they've lost, uh, one senior Robert Agar. Um, but they brought back Lovett, Whitehead, uh, or they lost two seniors. They also lost Tracy Ponte. Um, so they brought in Joseph Moore, who did not have a great game. And then Keegan Moore, Martin, the freshman, part of the 180, uh, 199 class. So, um, a little tough, a little loss, but they, were, they got they got a big game next versus Rochester. Should be fun to see. Also, um, Ann Arbor, they 
speaking of Ann Arbor, they did bring in two ties, two big ties. Uh, one of them starting in Jack Carter. At least he started this game. Um, kind of like another big man that passes the ball 6'8", um, which is nice. Uh, you know, he had a pretty... And then Justin Butler has very good shooting splits for them um, and can rebound, score. Um, not the best defender, but not the worst either. So uh, right now, Martin or Butler is coming off the bench at small forward. He had a big game, 6-9 and nine for 14 points. So uh, the next group is the Ramsey group. So we got Inglewood, Plainview, Lansing, and Frankfurt. And this is really interesting. So let's start off with that Inglewood-Frankfurt matchup. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we all love um, Coach McVicker has been doing some really good things. He brought in an 11-11 class, so he's feeling good about his team. Last year, they had, they did lose guys like Ashton Berry and Blake Ramsey, but they replaced it with some height. Um, freshman Austin Horn had a really big game, 19 points. Kyle Elmore, he was the only one that started. The rest were kind of bench players, but really Frankfurt, um, Frankfurt didn't have the class they wanted. Uh, 116, 105. Uh, yeah, and they're replacing two senior starters, both who scored a decent amount. Uh, but yet, so we had to start Arturo Joseph. And Arturo, he had a really big game. Um, he was a very efficient shooter in high school, point guard 6'3, 21.7 points a game on 63.3% true shooting. And he went 7 for 9 in the game versus Inglewood. He kind of went zone against them. And thought maybe maybe we can kind of shut him down from uh, the inside inside out. And, you know, he did that. Kyle Elmore did have a big game, 8 for 11, but he only got 23 minutes as he got into a little bit of foul trouble. Um, but Landry Coleman had a, had a big game, 3 steals, 4 rebounds, 21 points. Um, so a huge win for Frankfurt. I did not see this coming. I thought Inglewood would definitely be one of the – uh, best teams in the PNTT, and you know that they, they are pretty good, but just a tough loss. Looking at the other game, we got Lansing against uh, Plainview, and Lansing came out and they had a big game. You know, they they really used a balanced attack. Lansing lost a class of um, they had Peter Ellington, um, their big man, very important player for them, so they lose him. But they replaced him in the starting lineup with. Uh, Christian England, and they go a little smaller, okay? So move Quincy Styles to um, small forward. Got Hornberger and Kelly, and England's playing the shooting guard. England had a nice day, 6 of 11 shooting um, from the field for 15 points. And they kind of, they, they really spread it all out on this team. Uh, Plainview, you see they, last year they had... Um, they brought in the 30-42 class, replacing the, the 53-16 class, um, losing guys like Curtis Johnson, Alexander Ward, two big men. And they brought in some guys. Um, Samuel Joukowsky can really score, but he scored 27 points a game in high school, but he on 62% true shooting, positive assisted turnover, 1.4 steals. But he um, – but they – they lost their two big men, and they're really hurting for heights. So they, they put Jack Rigney, one of their freshmen, and Dakota Gaines in there, um, the, a sophomore uh, center. But they just weren't enough to hang with Lansing. I mean, it was it was a low-scoring game. Um, Plainview was down much of it, and they, they made a real run uh, to cut it within one. But down the stretch, they just couldn't score enough, and uh, – only scoring about 15 points in all of the fourth quarter. So that was big in that game. Next up, we have the blue group, obviously Duluth in there and also home to Tobias Fuque. Um, yeah, you know, and let's, let's just, you know, get right into it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, you got the blue group and, um, Duluth goes up against New York City. So in this game, you, you see New York City, and they brought in the 415 class, whereas uh, Duluth's going the other way. 
you know, they, they brought in the 238, 249 class, two straight 200 classes after what seemed like number one class 15 times in a row, <laughs> more like six, but still. Uh, so they made a little switch, put Tippins at um, small forward, Sullivan obviously still at center, and Tippins had an amazing day, 14 for 23. But they're going up against New York City, who brought back a solid P PTT team, they, they did really well, finished middle there, and they brought in a 415 class replacing a 2420, a 2024 class, but the seniors were, you know, they weren't playing much. They were all on the bench. So he brought in some new guys, some height with Woodson and Dunning, and he kind of, and he actually left him on the bench. Um, Dunning did go five for five for 13 points. Uh, Woodson went three for six for eight points. So Nice games for them. And then Fitzgerald uh, playing backup point guard went five for eight. Uh, so he's deep and going up against Duluth. Uh, you know, I feel like Duluth doesn't have Sage Blue, and Blue's kind of um, Blue's kind of Duluth's nemesis and Porter's nemesis. They always struggle against them, but you know, Porter walks away from this, and I think I just blew myself. There's got to be a better way to say that. Anyway, um, they they came up short. They couldn't they couldn't win, and uh, it was pretty close. Three point game with the ball. They had the ball twice to tie it up, and they missed both shots. Um, Matthew Sullivan had a three with six minutes left. That would have cut it. Would have cut it. Would have tied it up. But you can hit a three, and uh, yeah, they just. They they couldn't they couldn't pull close enough. It was a big game, a big win for New York City. One of those kind of program wins that um, sets you up for the for the time coming. In the other game, you have Denver against Rockford. And Rockford, so well, first let's talk about Denver. Denver brought in the 4473 class, replacing the 114-126 class. They didn't start any of their freshmen, but you look at their freshmen and last year, uh, and Andy Holmes, 6'4", point guard, uh, went, had 17 points on 57.8% true shooting. Uh, Aaron Miller, the, just three wing players that you can kind of trust in, trust on, and they, he, all of them are there. Houston played uh, point guard, Holmes played shooting guard, Miller played backup power forward. So all those were backups. But really the story of this was Matthew Tang, 27 points on 12 of 21 shooting, 206 from three, one of two from free throw, 61% true shooting. Uh, jo Joseph Mira's shot a lot, but missed a lot. Um, and, and in this game versus, uh, so they had that team versus Rockford. Rockford brought the 29-22 class, replacing the 42-32 class, losing guys like Isaac Tucker from last year, their point guard, Wade Johnson in NA that, didn't play much, and Rowdy George off the bench. They brought in three 20-point-a-game scores, 24, 21, and 21, uh, shooting 58, 61, and 52.5% true shooting for Faulkner. Um, this year, he uh, isn't starting any of them, at least to start. Uh, but, you know, they did, they did all right, Faulkner. Um, Upchurch was, off, was in the N.A. Faulkner went one for two. Dayton Harwell had a big game, four of six, 13 points, 82. Uh, so, yeah, but their their starters really tore it up, especially their seniors, Rodolfo Logan and Adolfo Moreno. Those two really combined for a lot of points, combined 25 points between the two of them. And this game, you know, they the files, they, they were up for most of the game. And... Uh, Denver made a little run, but it wasn't enough. So, and the Cruz and Crusoes were up a little bit, um, and then they tied, were down by one at halftime. So, it's something. Let's move on to the next group. Yeah, we got the Heinz group, and cheese. So, what I did before is I kind of did like a little thing trending up, trending down, seeing where teams were based on their recruit rankings and their team from last year, who's returning, who's not. And I had three of these teams trending down Carbondale, Hot Springs, and Yuma all trending down. And, uh, geez, 
decided to point out, hey, why did you say Yuma was trending down if we won a game? Now, that was before the, before they won a game. But, you know, they got the win, so that's big for them. And, um, yeah, so let's look at that Carbondale-Yuma matchup. Carbondale is pretty good. They're, they're number seven preseason ranked. They run the 21-25 class, but they did, re- and they replaced the 34-31 uh, class, but they lost Kerry Cruz and William Hines. So I thought, you know what, they're probably trending down because they didn't bring in a ton of height. They did have a good class. Scott Richter is really solid, 65% true shooting and 19.6 points a game. So that's really good for them. But I didn't think that the new class was as talented as the other one and scott richter does go into this starting lineup but you know you're losing Hines and cruz and that's those are hard guys to hard guys to replace and in this game uh richter didn't have the best game six for 16. uh jeffrey romero did have 24 points on seven 10 for 17 but david manning 16 points tyrese enzor eight for 10 off the bench for 23 points Big time game. Isaiah East, 11 points, 8 assists, 2 steals, no turnovers. That's big. So, uh, Yuma favored Deputy gets out to about 10 point lead. Uh, and, you know, can they take it up to about 15. And then at halftime, it's down to a 7 point lead over Carbondale. In the second half, here comes Carbondale. They basically right away make it. When, where it's like a one or two possession game entering the fourth quarter, you know, down by four. Wyatt, um, so down by four with two minutes left, Gabriel Washington hits a shot. Wyatt Finch loses out of bounds. Jeffrey Anderson hits a shot to tie it up with one minute and 33 seconds, 71 71. Uh, they get it, Yuma gets it to Mattingly, and Mattingly hits a big short two. Hohen draws a foul, and then Tyrone Jones. Gets it with 42 seconds left. Hits the shot and one. 73-73 with the chance to go up one. But he misses the free throw. They get it to Wyatt Finch. And with 28 seconds left, Wyatt Finch hits a mid-ranger to put him up by two. Gabriel Washington has a chance to um, tie it with 17 seconds, but he misses. And the problem for um, and the problem for Carbondale was they only had four fouls at this point. So they had to foul him three times with 17 seconds left. And by the by the time they got the first foul, they already had passed it twice and they ran six seconds off the clock. Ran three seconds the next time, three seconds the next time. Isaiah East did miss the front end of a one and one, but at that point there's only five seconds and they didn't get a shot off. So big time win for Yuma. Defensive battle here and uh, they pull it off. Um, you look at the other game in this group, in the Heinz group, you have Boise against um, Hot Springs. And Boise looks really good. So Boise brought in the 1935 class, replacing uh, two of their NAs and one backup uh, center. They brought in Austin White um, and uh, George Rowland. Those two look really good. Roland had 64.5% true shooting on 21 points a game, three assists, 0.9 turnovers. Looks looks the part, and he played point guard. Didn't have the best first game, 3 for 14, 21%, 33 true shooting percentage. Uh, David Albright moved down to power forward. Austin White playing, or down to center, Austin White played um, power forward. He shot 83%, 5 for 6, so that's pretty nice for the first game. And uh, Cody Nugent had 27 points on high-volume shooting. This game, and then Hot Springs, on the other hand, they brought in the 218-221 class, replacing the 4-7 class. So you lose a guy like Cole Killian. You lose a guy like Charles Serpa. um, Arguably two of their best players, for sure, two of their starters. And you bring in guys like Joshua Rogers, who does have some hype, but the other two don't. Not a great class. You have to play Levi McGee. Tyler Smith is moving to power forward. Last last year he um, he was um, small forward, so little little bit of change there. And Tyler Smith had a big game: twelve for 21, 30 points. Uh, so that's that's nice. But ultimately, um, you get to match up with Boise. 
Boise uh, gets out to a lead early, about 10 points at halftime. And they were kind of up by 10 the whole game, basically. Uh, they didn't, there was never a huge run by um, Hot Springs to make it closer. They won by 10 points. Next up in the Orsos group, this is one of my favorite groups. You got Charlotte, St. Paul, Fremont, Clemson. All those teams, I think, got better from last year with the exception of Clemson. And uh, Clemson showed they'd still have a little, uh, a little juice in the tank in this first game. Um, they played against Charlotte. So Charlotte brought in the 35-54 uh, class, replacing the 69-82 class. Um, Trevor uh, Orsos did leave, uh, but he wasn't like a dominant player or anything. So it wasn't the biggest loss they could have had. And you bring in guys like Riley Richards, David Butler, Jason Harris. Um, I really like Riley Richards, 59.8% true shooting. This guy's 90.4% from the free throw lines. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's he's pretty good. And he, he did start. The rest of them kind of came off the bench. Um, and Riley did have... A pretty good game, 7 for 11, 2 for 2 from 3, 2 for 2 from the uh, free throw line. Uh, Clemson, on the other hand, Clemson brought in the 86-95 class, replacing the 50-58 class. But you lose guys like Anthony Hutchinson, Elvin Calhoun. Um, those guys just carried a big burden. Hutchinson had 25.9% um, of their points. That's more than one-third of the points on the whole team. So that's a lot to... Replace and you brought in three, six, seven guys. You got uh, Ethan DeRoge, Charles Griffin, both shot over 55.55% true shooting, but only 11 and 14 points per game. Um, and they did put Griffin in at power forward, uh, to pair with Suttles, Lucas Riddle. You know, they they took a lot of shots, they didn't make many, they only shot 41%, but. Um, they did really well. They didn't turn it over and they got to the line a lot, 16 for 18 from the line. So that kept them in this game and, uh, you know, pretty close game. Charlotte took about a 12 point lead going into half and then, uh, extended out to about 15, 17. And then, uh, with, and then really what happened here was Charlotte scored a few points and then with 6.48 left, it's 51-64. And um, Clemson just locks down on the defense. Um, they they keep on getting stops after stops after stops. About three minutes left, and it's a six-point game. Uh, missed, a, missed a front end of a free throw. Uh, cut it to five with 138. And then they make it a three-point game with 55 seconds left. David Butler turns it over. Lucas, uh, uh, Dalton Lucas gets the steal and passes it to Charles Griffin, who gets an and one. 38 seconds left, and it's 64-64. Now, mind you, 38 seconds, and Clemson has not scored since the 648 mark. So they, they've went over six minutes without a shot made. Um, Colton Russ inbounds the ball, and they... They get into their set and they give the ball to Walker, Walter Gonzalez. Now Walter Gonzalez, he he shot 30, um, 38% from the field last year, made 4.3 points per game. Uh, he's only made, he made his only shot this game up to this point. And this guy's made, and yeah. So this guy, not a not a prolific scorer by any means, but Walter Gonzalez gets the ball. Um, and he's at the three-point line. Like, what are you doing? This guy's made five, four three-pointers in his entire career, and he drains it. <laughs> he, he drains the buzzer-beating three-pointer as time expired. If you look at the play-by-play, -play, it says he attempted the shot with zero seconds left, but they counted the shot. It must have been right before the buzzer. Huge bucket for Walter Gonzalez. Walker Gonzalez, um, only his fifth three of all time. He had none last year. This guy doesn't even shoot threes, but he he got the ball and he he had to let it fly and it went in. So uh, good for him, big time when they needed that. Um, Charlotte really needed that win and they got it. Clemson needed it too, but you know they they did everything they could up to the end. The other matchup was really interesting. We got Fremont and Salt Lake City or St. Paul. Sorry, St. <coughs> Paul. 
They've run the 6386 class, replacing the 104 112 class. You replace a guy, their point guard, and Peyton Sandoval. Peyton didn't have amazing stats. He shot very low percentage um, from free throw, from field goal. Uh, So, yeah, you you get a new guy, and and the new guy for the first game was Taylor Simmons, who went 7 for 12, 58% from the field, 16 points. Um, Ludwig went 7 for 12. Uh, 14 points, 10 rebounds, so big game for him. Daniel Lake, had a, he just filled up the stat sheet, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks, zero turnovers, um, 10 points. So, <coughs> yeah, just, yeah, all-around game for them. Fremont, on the other hand, Fremont brought the 8-9 class to pair with uh, last year's uh, Joseph Amburn. Uh, class this um, which was 29 8 so another really great class you got Ethan Thomas and Matthew Roberts and they broke some ties and they also got Devin Turner which was a really big get for them so you look at this and uh, yeah this first game Joseph Amburn had his 25 points Brandon Freeman senior 24 points William Vrabel the oversized point Point guard at 6-7. He had six assists, two steals, three turnovers. Ethan Thomas with 12 points. Matthew Roberts, 10 points. Um, but these guys are still trying to figure it out. And uh, the Mighty Tarzans went up seven early. Um, but in in the second quarter, St. Paul um, blows back, and they're, they're up by three at halftime. Uh Fremont comes out strong, goes up by about seven in in the early fourth quarter. Um, and it looks like they're going to pull away, you know, uh, five minutes left. Uh, they're up by seven, nine. Um, Daniel Lake hits a shot. Vrabel turns it over. Daniel Lake hits another shot. Um, Matthew Roberts hits a bucket, 346 left. Robert Ludwig, big time shot. Uh, Joseph Amber misses. And then Daniel Lake gets a shot to take it within three with a minute 38 left. Graham Freeman hits a shot. Joseph Ammer gets fouled. They have a chance to go up seven. He splits them. They're up by six, 58 seconds. Feeling pretty good. Taylor Ewing hits a shot. Vrabel splits his free throws. And then there's a charging foul. Um, So Graham Freeman Freeman makes his free throws. Ethan Thomas hits his shot. And... uh, Fremont pulls out the win by about eight points. So big win for the Mighty Tarzans. They got a really, really good team. I'm excited to see um, how they match up against Charlotte the next game. But they got a tough schedule. You know, you got Carbondale, Flagstaff, and then it gets a little easier with Ames and Clemson on the back half. St. Paul has a really tough schedule. They requested all their matchups. They got Clemson next, and then they got Manassas, Rochester, Duluth, and Charlotte. So fun game, fun game. Should be should be good. That's the, uh, yeah, that's the Orso's, Orso's group. <laughs> In the Evans group, we got Huntington Beach, Jefferson City, Lincoln, and Salt Lake City. So fun games here. Um, you look at this team, and, uh, yeah, let's start off with the um, Jefferson City against the uh, Huntington Beach Accent. So Huntington Breach ranks in the 64-59 class, replacing the 79-117 class. But this team always performs really well. Um, Coach uh, Respinek, um, yeah, uh, just seems like he's got his team. Um, his team plays pretty well. Uh, they didn't have the best performance. They lost in the first round of the NTT as a two-seed last year. But, you know, they bring back uh, all their starters except Evans, and they bring in Guys like William Canoe, Kobe Ivy, Jack Holly. So, solid players. Um, but this year, yeah, I moved Luke Ramsey to um, power forward, Muhammad uh, uh, Birnbaum to power small forward, and then William Canoe plays uh, shooting guard. Matthew Dar obviously still at point guard. And they go up against Bobby. Bobby lost his best player, Edison Lopez. That guy carried his team. David. Portland. He was really helping the team too, but he brought in a good class. He brought in a 28-31 class, but it's just hard to replace those guys. So he's starting two of the um, point, 
two of those guys in Dalton win. What a day. 34 points on 21 shots, 62.6% true shooting. Didn't do much else. He did get two steals, but what a day for him. Um, Paolo Brooks, Pablo Brooks, uh, got six points, 11 rebounds, four assists, four blocks. So that's always nice to have. Um, so you look at this game, Sea Beggars, you know, they they really rely. I mean, they were up by three. So they're up by three at halftime. They were really relying on Dalton Wynn. Dalton Wynn was just, uh, yeah, he was just tearing it up for them. He had 14 points in the, 13 points in the first half, and he comes back in the second half, and he takes them up to about a 10-point lead with um, going into the fourth. Uh, but here comes here comes uh, Huntington Beach. Um, they pull it when, within six a few times, uh, but every time they score, it seems like uh, Dalton Wynn and um, Dalton Wynn has an answer. Like, with three minutes, 40 seconds left, seconds left, uh, Dalton Wynn had um, two and ones um, within a minute of each other. So that was pretty big for them. Uh, Six-point game with about a minute and a half left, um, but Luke Ramsey turned it over twice, and uh, that was kind of all she wrote. They, they tried to get back in it with four seconds left. They cut it within three, but it was kind of too late by then. So excellent win for Jefferson City, who's back in the PNTT for the first time in a long time. In the other game, we had Salt Lake City and Jonathan Crawley, who just, I mean, he probably had a down year um, compared to his first year uh, as a freshman. He only had, he was only third team all league last year, um, but still <clears throat> incredible, 23 points. You know he's going to be challenging for PNTT player of the year. He had 28 points tonight. Um, they brought in the 56-66 class, uh, and they're starting two of them in Jaden Mills and Carl Reeds, at least the first game. They replaced um, – they did lose Blake Mason and uh, Bruce Fernandez. So two guys that definitely performed, great defenders. They could shoot a little bit. Um, it really helped them make the NTT for the first time. Uh, yeah, they, they were one year off in the NTT, but they've been in the NTT pretty much every other year. So, uh, but in this game, they went zone against uh, Lincoln. Um, Lincoln put, went out to an early lead. Uh, real quick on Lincoln, Lincoln brought in the 157-183 class to replace the 222-199 class. They lost their point guard, though, John Thurman, who was scoring 28 points per game. Um, so <coughs> they, they have a massive uh, switch in their uh, team philosophy, and it's just going to be it's going to be different this year. They, did, they didn't bring in the best class, but um, and none of them could really score. So they really had to have some other guys step up. Anthony Bayer really stepped up, played a lot better, 20 points yesterday. Willis Clark, the point guard, did have 22 points. So maybe it's more of a system thing for them, but um, – yeah. Anyway, so Lincoln Lincoln uh, went off to an early lead, um, got it up to 14 with uh, six minutes left in the first half. Um, but then slowly Salt Lake City started crawling back in. And Jonathan Crowley got his 13th point and cut to four as they went into halftime. That shot right before halftime is always such a big shot for momentum. And in the second half, uh, Salt Lake City went off hot, and they took about a 10-point lead um, going into the fourth quarter. Lincoln tried to crawl back in, but they just couldn't score enough. In the second half, um, Lincoln Lincoln scored quite a bit, actually. Uh, they scored about 24 in the third quarter, but in the fourth quarter, they only got seven, uh, 13 points, and that kind of doomed them in that game. So... Uh, yeah, those are some thoughts from this game. I think um, Crowley's obviously a beast. It should be interesting to see how Salt Lake City moves forward. Yeah, so in the next group, we have the Evans, or sorry, the Amos group. And in the first matchup, we got Carnegie against Yakima. And I love this matchup. Yakima is hot, okay? So Yakima is fresh off a um, PNTT 
uh, or PTT, sorry, a PPT, PTT title. Um, and yeah, they basically rolled through that with the only exception being their game in the second round versus us that went into overtime. They fouled out our star player and, uh, we couldn't, we couldn't recover. So, um, but they bring back, uh, at all their stars, except for Matthew Manson and Matthew Manson was part of that 170, 193 class. And then you look at, um, yeah, you look at, uh, them this year and then this year they bring in a really good class. They bring in their class was ranked, uh, 12, 30 and, he didn't start any of his freshmen, but you know they're good. He got Corbin Montgomery, Eduardo Frazier, and then he's got Jose Russ, Russell going off the bench. So, you know, um, when you have players like that. So, Corbin Montgomery did shot 59% uh, true shooting and 21 points per game. So, he was probably their best player. I think uh, Jose Russell, he's got some good stats, um, but he wasn't good enough to crack the starting lineup for this team, and neither was – um, Montgomery, mostly because of his height, I think. Um, he wanted to get some other guys in. So he put um, Oscar Watson as uh, his his center. And uh, Tanner Stallworth, 16 for 28 point, 28, 39 points. Uh, so just big-time game. Carnegie brought in the 13-10 class. I feel like they always just bring in really great classes. Um, Nicholas Jones. Preston Haas, um, and Andrew Smith. So uh, you look at those guys, um, they did lose their two seniors and Roman Amos and Michael Blair, but they brought in a lot of height and the height's pretty good. They could all, they could score um, nine rebounds, six rebounds, or yeah, they both, they both shot, the two starters shot uh, 59, 56% true shooting, 14 and 16. Um, points per game so big class for them but this this was one of, this is one of my most exciting matchups coming into it and uh, it didn't disappoint so battle um, and just a lot a lot of points uh, Yakim is up 32 26 after one uh, Carnegie fights back and takes it and they have a two-point lead going into half um, in the second half Yakima comes, and uh, Austin Sinclair ties it up, heading into the third, or heading into the fourth, um, 76-76. Great game. Um, it looks like Carnegie's going to pull away, but Tanner Stallworth hits a big shot. Jake Parker hits another big shot. Uh, so with 30 seconds left, uh, Stallworth hits a and one um, to pull it to five. Butler. Uh, splits it. Parker misses, makes a shot. You know, they, they tried to get back in it, but it was just too too little, too late. Uh, Carnegie was just too solid tonight, and they they got a really big win there. I like that one a lot for them. Next up for Carnegie is Tacoma. Tacoma's going against, went against Manassas, and Tacoma, they brought in a 96-62 class, replacing an 83-68 class, so pretty similar and they started two of their freshmen. Last year, they lost um, one senior starter, and they decided to move uh, Lucas Lee to the bench this year. Um, Amari Lindsay uh, had nine for 20 tonight, um, but just uh, it's it's a decent class. They got, they got some players, um, and uh, I'm excited to see how they – play out Manassas on the other hand they brought in the 146 161 class and they look like they're slipping a little bit from they had some really really tough classes but you lose a guy like Cameron James and it's tough to replace him they did bring in uh Justice Justin Laws who um had 59.2 percent true shooting 22 points per game last year so that could be really helpful for them and he did start he started for them at shooting guard and shot got 24 points on 15 shots. So that's a really good first start for them. The rest of them are seniors, Ian White, Daniel Wright, Patrick Patterson, and Nathan Martin still at point guard in this game. It just, it was, it was pretty much domination. They, they won by 23. So big win for Manassas moving on. Next up, we got my group, the Hudson group. So, um, 
Yeah, pretty solid group. We got Nashville, we got Flagstaff, we have Huntsville and Montpelier, the Peepers. Um, for my team, we brought the 11598 class, replacing the 9128 class. Um, but we lost, we lost Mason Hardesty, who was a tough loss for us. He's a really solid player, did a lot of really good things for us that um, went unnoticed that we really needed. Uh, so it's tough uh, bringing in this class, but hey, um, we got we had a tough luck. We lost four ties. We lost an 0-1, hoping for some drops. Didn't get any drops, uh, so um, stuck with the class we got. But that's that's how it works, right? And uh, yeah, so yeah, solid. Uh, we're going up against Flagstaff. Flagstaff's got some studs. You know, they they bring back uh five starters four starters just not hudson and they bring in a guy like brandon fairley who looks like he can fit the part of the defending point guard which they do they really de de rely on their defense and they're pretty good at it so in our game i mean it was it was a battle we got in some foul trouble earlier it seemed like so my center got two fouls real quick and then my backup center got two fouls all within the first five minutes so my backup power forward goes to center, and then uh, my starting power forward picks up two fouls. So um, at the end of the uh, first quarter, but we're tied, so it's like, well, okay. <laughs> so at that point, um, my backup uh, power forward and backup center were playing, and we 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 stayed away from fouls for the most part. The rest, but Flagstaff pulled out to about an eleven point lead at halftime. We came back pretty fast with a vengeance, you know, hit hit some big shots. Um, Trevor Watkins was incredible tonight. It was like he couldn't miss. He got to the line a lot. He made all of his free throws from the line. So with 12 minutes left, um, uh, a little under 12 minutes left, we tied the game at 56. So that feels good. 11 minutes left, and uh, we're going into we're going into the fourth quarter tied and. Trevor Watkins hits a big shot um, down a little bit. And uh, and then with about four minutes left for it and hits a big shot, Trevor Watkins gets his 30th point. Um, we go up by six. No one can make anything. Watkins um, tries to put the game away at the line, and uh, we win. We uh, He went up by four. We followed Brandon Fairley, who got an and one. Bennett follows out with six seconds left. Fairly misses the shot on purpose, but then he can't get the rebound. Holland makes his two free throws, and we win the game. Trevor Watkins went 11 for 18, 10 from 10 from the free throw line, five steals, 32 points. He was the number three overall star of the game. He he really carried us. That was, I mean, other than him, we had no reason to win, but he played incredible against Austin Bailey, held him to four for 16 from the field. Matthew Smith off the bench for them was really big. He went six for eleven for fifteen points. So big game for him. Um, we're lucky to get out of there with a win. I'm I'm very thankful that we did. Um, yeah. And next up for us, we have Huntsville, who played against uh, Montpelier, and this game was incredible. So uh, Huntsville, they run the ninety one oh two class, replacing the sixty three eighty nine class. Um, they did lose Parker Perro, who is averaging 24 points a game, and they don't seem like they have anyone that can really do that. Ramey might be able to as a 6'8 um, guy, 55.3% uh, true shooting on uh, 15 points per game. He started Montgomery, um, who uh, passed it, and they kind of relied, they kind of went to a bunch of guys, you know. Uh, Stephen Weidel's, uh had a big game. Shannon Livingston, Juan Woolridge, you know he can take a step up. Now, the team they're playing, Montpelier, they got a great class. 6-14, they broke two ties. Ethan James, um, 19 points per game. Cameron Robinson, the big man. Uh, Samuel Stewart. I mean, they, they look like they got some size. They're ready to compete. And they want to compete this year. They already are were big, but they had even more size to their team. And you got to like what they're doing. Um, they bring back all five starters. So you got Burley, you got Beasley, Medea, James, and Gary starting. Um, they they moved uh, Randy Dowdle uh, to the bench. He played a little bench last year, so it's he, he didn't play the full 
complimentary games, but still. So this team's really good, um, but this was just a defensive slugfest. It's 29-34 uh, Huntsville at halftime, and Huntsville goes out to about a 10-point lead. They're up by four by 10 with 10 minutes left, and that's when um, Montpelier starts making their run, and it's kind of crazy. One minute left, they're down by four. Uh, Christian Medea hits a three. Uh, Stephen Wilde gets a layup, but it gets blocked. Moises Gary turns it over. It's a one-point game. Ivan Montgomery, the freshman, misses the front end of the one-on-one. Colin Burley gets the rebound. Burley gets a short two, mid-range two, and his offensive rebound. Misses a short two with 27 seconds left. Montgomery hits both free throws. Moises Gary hits a shot to go with him one with 16 seconds left. Livingston gets automatically or intentional fouled, and they get to Moises Gary, who hits a three with three seconds left to send it into overtime. It was a rush. Huntsville feels pretty good going into overtime. They hit two straight shots, followed by a three. Moises Gary, with two minutes left, has a chance to put him up uh, with uh, free throws, but he misses both free throws. Um, and they've had, they had so many chances, and then finally they break through. Ethan James hits a big shot with uh, 15 seconds left, but Stephen Wilde comes down and gets an AM one to put him up by two. Uh, seven seconds left, you're hoping you can get a shot, but it wasn't to be. Um, Montpelier holds onto the ball. Christian Medea doesn't get the shot off. His time expires, and uh, yeah, Huntsville wins. So big win for Huntsville. It's going to be interesting because – those were not the teams. Huntsville and Nashville were not the teams I was expecting to win the first two games in this group. So I'm interested to see how this group plays out, the rest of it. Going on to the next group, the last group in the top part, we have the Moss group, Laredo, Reno, Aberdeen, and Albuquerque. Reno and Albuquerque, I said they were trending up. Laredo and Aberdeen, I said they were trending down. Um, yeah, so uh, Albuquerque... Let's let's start off with the Albuquerque Laredo game. Uh, Laredo, the special forces were coming off uh, once uh, were they one seed I think in the NTT, and uh, yeah they yeah so they were uh, two seed in the NTT and they lost in the first round, but they won most of their other games. They did lose Ryan Moss, um, but other than that, they kept all their players. They brought in the. 183, 170 class replacing the 87, 52 class. So that's a little hard. Um, none of them look amazing, but you know you got guys that can defend a little bit. Um, you got a little bit of height, so that helps you a little bit. They put Benjamin Richards in at um, power forward, and the other team in this game, Albuquerque. We said they were training up. They brought in the 147, 147 class, replacing the 96, 131 class, but they brought back all five starters. So you know who's starting. You start all your all your starters from last year. So in this game, uh, Laredo um, keeps keeps it close. Halftime, um, Albuquerque's up by three, and uh, they start they extend it to about a ten point lead. And Laredo starts coming back, uh, but late in the in the mid fourth, um, Stanley hits a couple shots, gets it up to ten again. Thomas Rich hits a big shot with two minutes left, um, and after two turnovers, they have a shot. They're down by six. Um, Ryan Gruner um, hits an and one for twenty his twentieth point. There's only a minute forty, and they're only down by three. Uh, Daniel Simons hits a shot down by one. Gruner hits another shot, down by one. 31 seconds left, and uh, they're down by three. Thomas Rich misses the um, misses a mid-ranger, and John Anderson. So Anderson's a 29% uh, career three-point shooter. Um, he misses the three that could have won it for them. Uh, Wyatt Shirley does miss the front end of the one-on-one, but they get the, uh, they get the rebound, um, and the game's over. So Gruner played big, 30 points, uh, four assists, 25 shots. So yeah, I love that for him. Uh, yeah, let's look at the other game. Let's look at Aberdeen um, versus Reno. So Reno brought in the 196-219 class, replacing the 143-144 class. 
but they brought back all their starters from a team that was a five seed and made it to the Elite Eight um, last year. Albuquerque, they brought uh, not Albuquerque, sorry, <laughs> Aberdeen. They brought in the one the fifty eight one one hundred four class, replacing the twenty seven fifty three class. It's tough. You lose a guy like James Brook. He meant, he meant a lot to their team, but they got some talent. They got some they got some medium size that can pass, and it seems like all their players can pass and kind of connect other guys. All those guys were coming off the bench though. So Reginald O'Donnell, he scored twenty points, but he took twenty five shots to get there, and that really hurt him in this game. Uh, they're going up against a tough Reno team. Chandler Jackson obviously is a stud, um, and and with entering in the fourth, um, Reno's up by seven. But after an and one, couple misses, and making some free throws, it's a three point game with eight minutes left. Um, you know they uh, Aberdeen made some tries to get back in it, but ultimately. Uh, Reno pulled away. Um, Chandler Jackson didn't have his best game, only 14 points, but he didn't need to. He only played 18 minutes. He got in a little foul trouble. So for the foul trouble they got into and all that, I think Reno did pretty good. And they look they look like a formidable opponent in this group. Um, I, I'd say they're definitely the favorites um, to take home this group, this group title. So that is the top groups. All I have left is the bottom group, so I'll do that, and then we'll be done. Last up, we got the Alonso group. This is the bottom group. We put the, um, at least by power rankings at the time of the, the time we pull them, we have the, we put the worst uh, 10 teams in there. And it seems like all these teams got better, except for Glendale, who I think they joined halfway through. So it's hard to recruit halfway through the season. And, uh, yeah, it seemed like the rest of them were kind of on an uptick. So let's look at some of the games, see how they went. Um, yeah, talk about it. We'll see what we'll see what happens. So first off, we got – we're going to talk about Wooster. Um, Wooster got a really, really big win. Um, so we'll – we got to talk about that. They brought in the 117.50 class, replacing the um, – 240, 244 class. So that's always helpful. A lot of size. Headlined by Joaquim Erickson. Joaquim Erickson had 54.9% true shooting, 11.7 points, 9.1 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 blocks, 1 steal, uh, 7-2. Just a, just a mammoth. Um, and, uh, yeah, this team was returning um, for the five stars. The only one they didn't was... Nathan Alonzo, the group's namesake, um, and yeah, so uh, Jaffe, Gray, McCauley, and uh, Edison, and um, yeah, so Jaffe moved to the bench here. Um, he had a really good game, though, off the bench, uh, um, and uh, eight rebounds, six points, but this team just looks like a completely different team, uh, Neely. McCauley go off. They went up against Ames. So Ames around the 118-120 class, replacing the 107-114 class. They lost James Walker, 18 points per game. They brought in some guys that could score. You got Caleb Swanson. That looks like a stud right there. 19 points a game, 55% true shooting, 60% or 60% true shooting, 55 from the field. So can play a little defense. So yeah, I like that. But in this game, it just wasn't meant to be. They lost by 34. And uh Swanson didn't do that great, three of seven. No one really did great for them, but it's the first game. So, um, yeah, next up, let's look at Clearwater. They had 53-60 class, replacing the 31-54 class. They'd lost Singleton and Schultz, which is really tough. But, yeah, you bring back three stars in Trout, McLean, and uh, Godfrey. Um, Toby Gexola, he came back too, so that's helpful. Um, they started Javante Reynolds at um, – Power forward, and he was their big get. He had 21 points, but he did shoot 23 times to get them. But he looks like a solid player in high school. He shot 60.1% um, true shooting on 19 points per game. Uh, yeah, he looks like a stud. And then Wyatt Brumsman, Hayden Samoya, that, those guys, 
those guys can play too. They played against Des Moines. Des Moines, the Flyers, they brought in the 612 class, so big class for them. Godfrey and Howard, 17, and Sebastian Evans. So those three combined for uh, 39 point or 49 points, um, which is a lot compared to their 73 that they got. And uh, they won by 11. Um, Clearwater, uh, Clearwater did well. Um, they, they kept it in, tied at half. Um, in the fourth quarter, it looked like they had a shot. Um, but every every bucket they got, it seemed like that. Um, it seemed like it was responded by one of Des Moines shots. So big win right there for them. Let's see. Um, so uh, next up, we'll talk about Hershey. So Hershey brought in the 83-116 class, replacing the 129-143 class. They lost uh, Jonathan Riley, their point guard, but it wasn't a huge loss. They brought in three guys. It looks like they tried to find point guards, pass first point guards that could rebound, pass, play a little defense. And uh, they started Dominique Dobbs, um, and they brought Thomas Ridley off the bench. Um, neither did great, neither did bad, but they only scored 58 points. They really struggled to score. They're having a tough time against uh, St. Louis. St. Louis brought in the 1726 class, and that's headlined by Ty Sherrod. Ty Sherrod um, last year uh, scored 22 points, and he didn't score this game barely. But, you know, he scored 22 points on 56.8% true shooting. Um, they had Chetham. Um, so they, they, they have some players that, that can play. Chetham played really well off the bench. He was plus 15 Five rebounds, two assists, efficient, 50% from the field, hit a three-pointer. So they got a good team. They won by seven. This is a really low-scoring game. Uh, the Iron Deeks were up by 10 for a lot of it. And then it looked like Hershey was making a little comeback here in overtime, but um, St. Louis pulled away at the end. Let's look at the next team. We have... Uh, Riverside. So Riverside brought in the 235-244 class, replacing the 8072 class. Um, lost a few seniors. Uh, yeah, so they they were going up against Cambridge, and Cambridge brought in the 92-117 class, replacing the 115-88 class. They lost their senior Sean Clark, um, but they brought in two seven footers, but they just couldn't score today. They scored 42 points. 31.5% true shooting. Um, the zone just really made it hard for them. Chase Rathburn had 22 points, but he shot 23 times to get them. And it just looked like Riverside was the better team today over Cambridge. Uh, let's look at Glendale. Glendale went up against the Ocala Opossum. And Glendale, you know, Ocala brings in a 1-2 class. Studs. Justin Stewart, Nicholas Wood, Evan Edgerton. Um, they replaced uh, Nicholas Butts, um, Julian uh, Whiteman, and Jeffrey Harrison. But, I mean, you got one-two class. You got to be excited about that. But, you know, they they struggled. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a low-scoring game. None of these guys are bad shooters. They're all very efficient guys, but none of them are putting up a ton of points either for Ocala. Glendale, they brought in the 212-210 class. They started their Michael Williams um, at center. Uh, they brought back all their starters except Sellers, so it's a little different for them. But, you know, I, I love how they compete in this game. Um, at halftime, they they kept it they kept it really low scoring, 29-23. And a little more scoring in the second half. Uh, Seven-point lead for Ocala going into – um, going into the fourth quarter, and they're up by 12 with three minutes and 30 seconds. But it was just – they're actually up by 13 with three minutes, 12 seconds. So it was fun to see Dixon hits a shot, Stewart misses. Dixon gets an M1. Uh, Morgan makes it. Dixon – your ABA gets an M1. They cut it to seven. Then Poole steals the ball. Dixon hits a shot. Ocala misses the front end, and then they turn it over. Pole hits a shot to cut it to three with, like, in the course of, let's see, like, in the course of a little less than a minute and a half, um, they 
cut it to three from 13. So uh, they had a shot. Randall missed a layup with 31 seconds. Wood hit a layup, and then uh, Pohl hit a shot with eight seconds. But Edgerson put it away from the line, and uh, they won by three. So great win for Ocala. But, it, or, yeah, it was a win for Ocala at least. But um, it was a lot closer than than they were hoping. And I think that's all the teams. So should be fun. Um, that bottom group, you know, you got Wart Wooster with 34, Riverside with 18, Des Moines with 11. So there's obviously four teams with um, positive point differential and then four teams with uh, – or five teams with positive, five teams with negative, obviously. But uh, Wooster has a pretty sizable lead. So um, great team. So that was the first uh, day of the PNTT. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Talk to you later.